Arizona State Sun Devils football kicked off the 2022 season with a win over NAU. Let's go ahead and break down everything you need to know and hand out some game balls on this edition of the Locked on Sun Devils podcast. Locked on Sun Devils, your daily podcast on the Arizona State Sun Devils. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What is going on, Sun Devils fans? My name is Richie Bradshaw. I am your guide for everything Arizona State Sun Devils. Thank you guys so, so much for making us your first listen of the day. Remember, this podcast is free and available on all platforms, including YouTube, if you want to check us out in a visual platform. But of course, wherever you do get those podcasts, make sure you hit like and subscribe and turn on those notifications so you get an update every time we post new content, which is Monday through Friday. And throughout the season, we'll be doing all sorts of fun content now. So make sure that you guys are following along. You can follow me on Twitter at RichieBrad36. And you can follow the podcast as well at LO underscore Sun Devils. Now, with that being said, we're going to go ahead and hop into this breakdown of ASU's win over NAU. Quick little housekeeping. This will typically be a Victory Monday episode. But due to some family traveling that I had over the weekend, I got home late Monday afternoon and decided I would go Tuesday through Saturday this week for the content for the Sun Devils and then get back on track next week with a victory Monday, hopefully taking down Oklahoma State. But before we get that far, let's go ahead and celebrate our victory Tuesday. Now, Arizona State took on the NAU Lumberjacks at home with the hope that they would be able to, you know, put up some good numbers and potentially just overall show that this this is a much better team than maybe we anticipated being. Now, remember, I was... Wishy-washy is not the right word, I think, personally. But I, I was very hesitant to say that ASU was going to blow out anyone this year. And I even went as far as to say that for NAU, as I was not ready to commit to saying that ASU was going to beat NAU by four or more possessions. Remember, my final score prediction was 34-17. I thought that ASU was going to put out a good amount of points, but I, I also thought that NAU was going to get a few surprise scores, and that just was not the case. You know, ASU really took care of business in this game, and it was it was an awesome thing to see. You definitely love knowing that your team is able to beat down teams that they're supposed to beat down, you know? You see Alabama takes care of business every year against their FCS and lower opponents. You see Ohio State does that. You see Utah does that. So when you get to see that Arizona State is doing what it's supposed to do, it gives you confidence. Now, that's not saying ASU is Alabama, but it's saying that ASU is doing what they're supposed to do. They're not playing down to their competition, which is something that they have done within the last 10 years. This is not unfamiliar territory, which is one of the reasons I was hesitant. But you know, props to Arizona State. They were able to come through and really, really looked good. Um, we'll dive into uh, the bold predictions that I made uh, for each segment. We're going to take a look at the offense first, take a look at the offensive predictions I made. Now, the keys to victory, I said, were going to be mistake-free football, ground and pound mentality, and the occasional deep shot. Now, from this game, it was nearly mistake-free football. There was one play where a... Uh, a, a, a a defensive lineman just basically 
waltzed his way into the backfield, took down Emory Jones, forced a fumble, ended up giving NAU the ball in Arizona State territory. Ultimately, it led to three points. The defense really clamped down. Other than that, though, the offense played very well. Emory Jones was impressive, just the way that we were hoping he would be. He was very precise with the football. He completed over 70% of his passes, didn't throw any interceptions. So outside of a fumble in the backfield, you really got great, great play out of Emory Jones, which we'll talk more about in just a minute. Your ground game, exceptional. One of my bold predictions, I said the ground game was going to get over 200 yards. What did they do? They toppled 250, which is what I was hoping they would do. They ended up with 267 on just 49 carries, which is uh, a little over five yards per carry. But you, you just, you had so much great production from the from the team all around. Zavian Valade came out. Uh, apparently, he's ex Valade, so I I might be transitioning to that. So it's the same guy. It's just the way the announcers called him was ex Valade. N- neither here nor there. He went off for 116 yards and two touchdowns on 15 carries. He had three carries over 20 yards with his longest being 28. Dude was just chipping away at everything that the defense was giving him. He looked great. Dana Nagata turned out 60 yards on 10 carries long of a 29. Uh, Tevin White got pretty involved as well towards the end of the game. He was kind of there, uh, put away back, ended up toting the ball eight times for 29 yards, along with 16. So numbers definitely got a little... Uh, inflated from one run, but nonetheless, he looked very confident. Uh, Charles Hall had one carry for 20 yards, and George Hart III had three carries for six yards. Finally, the story of the game was Emory Jones. Jones ended up recording 48 yards on 11 carries. He was sacked, so, you know, that brings down the average a little bit. But other than that, Emory looked like a great runner, and more importantly, he looked like a smart runner. He was not trying to break the pocket every single time it collapsed or even at the beginning of the play, like a certain other quarterback we were used to seeing was doing constantly was getting out of clean pockets. No, Emery stuck in. And this is something he did at Florida is he was a confident guy with his arm and he wasn't afraid to test defenses and against NAU, he played the same way, but he just, he looked like a much more confident runner. He seemed like, he understood when it was appropriate to run and when he needed to sit back and be a passer. He It felt like he knew the definition of being a quarterback, and that's exactly what you need. He did end up turning in two scores, uh, both on the ground, not through the air. Through the air, he was efficient, though. He went 13 of 18 for 152 yards, no touchdowns, no interceptions. But when you compare the fact that Arizona State ran the ball 49 times, it's understandable that Jones's numbers through the air aren't anything eye-popping. But again, 13 of 18, he's over he's over 70% of his passes. He's about eight yards per attempt, maybe closer to seven. I'm not good with math off the top of my head. He looked so good. Like, there was velocity on his balls. It felt like he could put some zip in it. He was consistently hitting guys where they're where they're able to catch it. There were not a lot of balls in the dirt. Don't get me wrong. There were definitely some throws where you're like, you wish you could have them back, but it wasn't anything to the point of like, you're just getting frustrated and yelling expletives at your TV. No, Emery looked very confident and he looks like he's got a little bit of chemistry established with some guys, including Messiah Swinson, our six foot eight tight end. 
caught all three of his targets for 50 yards, nearly got into the end zone towards the beginning of the game. Messiah Swinson looks like a, you know, uh, no pun intended. He, he looks like a big deal for the Sun Devils. Elijah Badger caught four passes, 38 yards. Andre Johnson, three for 36. Johnson looked very, very, very good. I am excited about him. Uh, Giovanni Sanders caught one pass for seven yards. Brian Thompson caught one pass for seven yards. Uh, sorry, Geo Sanders, one catch for 21 yards. Brian Thompson, one for seven. And Daniel Nagata caught a pass out of the backfield on a screen, but it went nowhere. Uh, Cam Johnson, I believe, had one target, but it was lower in the ground and not something that he could have reeled in for himself. But Swinson and Johnson looked very, very comfortable in this offense, and that's something you're hoping they can continue to build on. Now, when I look at my bold predictions, again, I said the run game would accumulate 200. I was hoping for 250. They end up with 267. So knock that one right off. Emory Jones throws two touchdowns. He didn't throw when he ran two touchdowns, so I was wrong, but I did get the touchdowns right. So I'll, I'll take it. That, that's like a little moral victory for me. But let's go ahead and hop into our first break now. And when we return, we're going to pick up our conversation looking at the defensive side of the ball next. But first, some words from our new friends over at Underdog Fantasy. This episode is brought to you by Underdog Fantasy, the easiest place to spice up the college football season and an emphasis on easy to get started and easy to play while you're able to watch your favorite team play. It's easy to play. You can win cold, hard cash in a single game. And Underdog has investment backing from Mark Cuban, Kevin Durant, Adam Schefter, and more. They've always been focused on building superior products for a fun user experience. Customer support team is top-notch, the best in the business. I've tried it out for myself, guys. It is so much fun. It is so easy to use. Like they said, I cannot recommend it enough. Just look for your favorite Sun Devil stats. Pick whatever you think they'll end up with higher or lower than the number in this week's game. And you can win up to 20 times your money in a single night. Underdog keeps it super simple with their easy to use website and mobile apps. Pick between two and five players for your pick em slip, get all your picks right, and you'll take home some cold, hard cash. It's simple to get started. Just use, just head to underdogfantasy.com or download the app, sign up with the promo code locked on, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. Deposit $100 and get $100 free when you go to underdog.com and use the promo code locked on. Get in on the college football pick them action today. And as always, guys, thank you so much for making us your first listen of the day. The podcast is free and available on all platforms. Back into our conversation, looking at the defensive side of the ball. You hold any team to three points, that's impressive. They nearly held NAU to a shutout, and they ultimately, uh, I lied when I said uh, ASU ended up uh, giving up the field goal on that Emory Jones strip sack. That was incorrect. That ended up coming in the fourth quarter. So, I, I mean, eventually they were pitching a shutout for almost the entirety of the game, and NAU got themselves, you know, a, a little bit of, like, make you feel better points, like, oh, well, we did get shut out, but... You know, props to you, I guess. The defense looked very, very good. They looked fast. The linebackers looked so good. Uh, Merlin Robertson was just flying all over the field. Ended up leading the team with 11 tackles. Uh, James Joncom was another guy who actually ended up having a much bigger night than I think anyone anticipated. And I will 100% admit that I did not talk about 
uh, Jonkum nearly as much as I should have coming into the year. So shame on me because he absolutely came out and balled out with six tackles, including one for a loss. Kyle Sully was another stud, nothing new there. Had an interception, first interception of the season for Arizona State. He's a stud. He, he's just a certified stud in coverage. You absolutely love everything he's able to give to you. Trevez Moore came to life. Two tackles in the backfield, four tackles on the night. Created a hurry as well. Was just creating pressure, which is something I said he's entirely capable of and who looks like he's right back to his good old self. Corey Bethley was another guy who popped all over the field. Ended up only registering three tackles, but did have a tackle and a half for loss. He got to play everywhere. He got a little bit of safety, but a lot of nickel looks and was able to just get to where the football is. Shocker. Like I said, that was always something that he was good at at Hawaii, and it looks like that's something he's going to be good at with ASU as well. Uh, some other guys who stood out, Nessa Jade Silvera. Oh, my goodness. He is unbelievably fast on the defensive line. I mean, it constantly felt like no matter where uh, NAU was trying to go with the football, left or right side of the line, Jade Silvera was right there to collapse everything and just ruin whatever the Lumberjacks were trying to plan in the run game. They completely squandered any opportunities that they wanted to have. They carried the ball 23 times, and guess what? They had 23 yards, which included a couple, or no, uh, excuse me, they did not have any sacks which is another interesting thing. Overall, this defense came to play. The frustrating thing, and one of the main storylines from this game, the penalties. Now, Arizona State only committed five, which is well below their average of like 7.8 or 8.7 uh, from the 2021 season. You'll take it. The problem is two of those penalties negated touchdowns from the defense. You had two pick sixes, one from Kawan Markham, and one from Chris Edmonds, and they got taken away because of a offsides penalty for the Kwan Markham interception and an illegal block in the back on the Chris Edmonds interception. So at least Edmonds interception did end up standing. That didn't go anywhere, but Kwan's got taken away from him, and that's a big-time bummer, man. Plus, you keep those scores up there, and you know you end up uh, – you, you would have only gotten one more touchdown out of it because you did end up scoring – on the Chris Edmonds interception that put you inside the 10 yard line. Uh, so it, it could have been 47 to three, but you know, either, neither here nor there all in all, the defense played really, really well. There was also an interception that was recorded by, uh, or, or the Chris Edmonds interception. I should say it was thrown down the deep left side of the field and the nickel corner was able to get up, get a hand on it, deflect the ball in the air. Edmonds picked it up. The guy who deflected it was DJ Taylor. Yeah, kick return star DJ Taylor making plays on defense. Remember, he got that nod for the starting spot at the nickel corner. That is his actual registered position on the roster is a cornerback. And he got to show off a little bit of his skill. It was awesome to see. This was a heck of a play. Might be one of the best plays of his entire ASU career. It's something he's going to remember. And hopefully it's something that Arizona State fans remember. Looking at my bold predictions for the game. I did not do very well here. Uh, I said Trevez Moore would lead a Sun Devils pass rush to five sacks. They recorded zero, but they were still able to create pressure and it completely suffocated the run. So I'll take it, but hopefully they can get a little more going in the sack department. Uh, so miss right there. And then I said Corey Bethley would get his first turnover. Unfortunately, he did not. 
He was still making plays for the team near the line of scrimmage, but he did not record any turnovers, unfortunately. The keys to victory, I said, was having a consistent pass rush, the linebackers showing poise, and making life as easy as possible in the secondary. I'd say the linebackers did just that. I would say the defensive line held up there under the bargain. An interesting comment that Herm Edwards had made during his press con- post-game press conference on Thursday night. When asked about how he thought the defense performed, he mentioned that they kept things, quote, very vanilla for the corners. So not only did the defense make life easy on the secondary, but the the play calling also made it easy. And I mean, Herm had highlighted, he said, you know what, I'm proud of us. We didn't give up the vertical pass. We We played very well. We're looking forward to, you know, taking that next step and maybe getting in a little more complex coverages. So that's a really good sign to see is that your defense so far is responding to the kind of treatment that you're giving it. Overall, great performance from the defense. Hopping into our last break now, when we return, we're going to hand out some game balls. So we'll be back in just a moment on this edition of the Locked On Sundowns podcast. And guys, thanks again for making Locked On Sundowns your first listen of the day. Do me a favor, make your second listen the ultimate pro football preview for 2022. An eight-episode extravaganza to get you ready for the NFL season. The local team experts of the Locked On Podcast Network, plus a betting angle from Lee Sterling of Locked On Bets, all combining into one ultimate NFL preview. Search for Ultimate Pro Football Preview 2022 on your Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, time to do it. Three game balls. So for those of you who were with the podcast last year during the season, you know that for a win, we will hand out game balls. And for a loss, it, it's a lot more like analysis and what the team needs to do better. So when Arizona State wins, we will hand out three game balls. Now, this doesn't necessarily mean one offense, one defense, one special teams. There's some weeks it's going to be three offense or some weeks it's going to be three defense or some weeks where it could be three special teams. It's not necessarily going to be dictated uh, for each part of the each each part of the deep or not defense of the team. So with that being said, let's hand out our three game balls. First of all, very obvious, Emory Jones. To me, there this is this is the guy who just orchestrated the offense so perfectly, so cleanly. He he was precise with the football. He was smart. He was a playmaker. He did everything that you needed out of him. It was just. It was a sight for sore eyes, man, because Jaden was just so frustrating last year. And I do want to talk some sometime this week about Jaden Daniels and his performance with LSU on Sunday night, but we'll we'll get to that some other time. But Emery looked really good as a passer. He just looked confident, and he was slinging the ball in there. There again, it, it was tight and, and good velocity on his throws. He, he was confident. I, I've said that a hundred times. I cannot emphasize that enough. Emery Jones was a confident thrower of the football. That is something I feel like we just haven't seen in a while. And obviously he was a dynamic runner. He looked so good. He, and smart. He's just so smart. And obviously he ran two touchdowns in. Uh, one of his runs, he ended up getting stopped at the one yard line and then just took it in. Uh, either the next play or the play after that. but. Emery just looks good. He looks everything is advertised, and hopefully he can continue this play for the remainder of the year. 
Uh, second game ball, another obvious one is Xavier Valade. Valade in his debut for the team as well, being the uh, transfer and starting running back for the team, toting the ball 15 times, turning it into 116 yards and two touchdowns. Again, he had three carries over 20 yards. The Sun Devils on the night had six, I believe. It, it was five or six. And Valade had three of them. He was just like chunk play after chunk play after chunk play after chunk play. There was no solution for anything that they were trying to do against Valade. And I'm here for it because, man, he, he looked really, really good. And I'm incredibly impressed with what I was able to see out of Valade during that game. Uh, the, the touchdowns are awesome, obviously. We didn't get to see him in the passing game, although, you know, when when you only attempt 18 passes and run it 49 times, you shouldn't expect to see a lot of volume from your running backs. You know, again, there there was one catch from a running back in Daniel Nagata, and it was a failed screenplay in like the first quarter of the game. After that, they just didn't get the running backs involved, and that's okay because it turns out the running backs are really good at doing the thing that they're supposed to do, running the football. Hell, they look awesome. Final. Uh, game ball. If you watch the game, you should know how special this performance was. Look at last year for Arizona State and the struggles that they had in the kicking department. On the entire season, Arizona State had just uh, seven or eight made field goals throughout the entire year. Now you... You have a brand new kid who comes in in the form of Carter Brown, and he winds up kicking four field goals in the game. Four of four, by the way. And yes, uh, you had eight made field goals last year, so I was correct. So Carter Brown gets you half of what you had last year in one game. Plus, he knocked all four of his extra points through, giving him a grand total of 16 points on the night. That doesn't feel right. Three, six, nine, twelve. Yeah, that's right. For whatever reason, I was thinking field goals are worth four points. Nope, that's not right, Richie. Uh, 16 points on the night. And he looked good, and he was kicking from range. His long was 44 yards, which in college is not a chip shot. That is that is not a Justin Tucker field goal gimme. That is a really good long field goal opportunity, and Carter Brown seized it. Eight for eight on his kicks, four for extra points, four for field goals. You can't ask for more out of that. You, we haven't seen this kind of kicking consistency since Zane Gonzalez. You know, Christian Zendejas had looked very, very good. He had several stretches where he looked like a rock-solid kicker. But the way that Brown played last, or not last night, uh, Thursday night, I don't know, it just felt special. It, it felt like there was the best yet to come. And it's one game, and he's a freshman. So I'll try not to overreact. But with that being said, it is really hard to not look at what Carter Brown did and not get very giddy about it. So those are my three game balls. Again, Emery Jones, X Valade, and Carter Brown. Great performances all the way around from the remainder of the team as well. But that wraps it up for this edition of the Locked on Sunnables podcast. Guys, thank you so much for making us your first listen of the day. The podcast, as always, is free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. If you want to check us out on a visual platform, of course, wherever you get those podcasts, then make sure you hit like and subscribe. 
turn on those notifications so you get an update every time we post new content, which is Monday through Friday. Also, make sure you're following me on Twitter at RichieBrad36 and follow the podcast at LO underscore Sun Devils. Stay in touch with everything that's going on with the podcast and your favorite Arizona State Sun Devils team. That's all for me on this edition of the Locked on Sun Devils podcast. So until next time, guys, you keep it locked right here on Locked on Sun Devils.